0: الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على المبعوث رحمة للعالمين وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا إلى يوم الدين أما بعد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قد أفلح المؤمنون الذين هم في صلاتهم خاشعون والذين هم عن اللغو معرضون وَالَّذِينَ هُمْ لِلزَّكَاةِ فَاعِلُونَ وَالَّذِينَ هُمْ لِفُرُوجِهِمْ حَافِظُونَ إِلَّا عَلَى أَزْوَاجِهِمْ أَوْ مَا مَلَكَتْ أَيْمَانُهُمْ فَإِنَّهُمْ غَيْرُ مَلُومِينَ فَمَن يَبْتَغِ وَرَاءَ ذَلِكَ فَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْعَادُونَ وَالَّذِينَ هُمْ لِأَمَانَاتِهِمْ وَعَهْدِهِمْ رَاعُونَ وَالَّذِينَ عَلَى صَلَوَاتِهِمْ يُحَافِظُونَ أُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الَّذِينَ يَرِثُونَ الْفِرْدَوْسَ فِيهَا خَالِدُونَ Sadaqallahul Let us uh, continue with our discussion on the Ulumul Quran So today we are discussing some of the other ways where the Prophet sallam how he would receive the wahi and the revelation and the different experiences that he had. Just to put it in perspective, this was the kalam and the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the divine speech, right? Extremely valuable, right? That is, you can say, beyond this world and that is being sent down to the earth for humankind and jinkind through the Prophet. So it's a really major undertaking. So the Prophet used to experience um, various different. Um, uh, states. So the first one we discussed already which is when it used to come through the angel and majority you know we mentioned the three types yesterday that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would directly uh, put it into his heart that was the first type the second one was where he would actually hear the words but he couldn't see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he couldn't see the angel so he could hear the words that's behind the veil and the third one is where the angel actually came in the form of a human being or in the original state and Jibril and generally in the form of a person, in the form of a being, in a form, and um, uh, uh, related it to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi and the Prophet وسلم, would then memorize it. So, uh, the second, the second experience that the Prophet وسلم, would have is that whenever the revelation was uh, coming down upon him, uh, they could not just he he could actually hear this incessant uh, sound like the buzzing of bees. But not just him, but even sometimes the people close to him. For example, there's a hadith related from Abdurrahman ibn Abdul Qari who says that I, he said he said that he had Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu saying that whenever the Prophet sallallahu alayhi would have a revelation come down upon him, uh, the sound of the buzzing of bees could be heard by him, the honeybees, the sound of the uh, buzzing of honeybees could be sound by this. It's some kind of whirl or a, or a buzz of some sort. So he says that, uh, on one occasion, we were waiting for a while because we, we, we know what used to happen. They would recognize it. I mean, they, they had this experience. They, on numerous occasions, they would actually see that the Prophet ﷺ would have to lower his head. Sometimes they could hear the sound. Other times, maybe they could not hear the sound. He would start to perspire and uh, they would know that there's a revelation coming down. So it was a known thing among the Sahaba, it seems. So he says, we waited for a while and the Prophet ﷺ faced towards the Kaaba, right, faced towards the Qibla, and then after that he raised his hand. So once he received the wahi in this particular occasion that he's speaking about, he raised his hands and then he said the following dua. He said, So this was the dua he made. Oh Allah, increase us and do not decrease us. Honor us and do not humiliate us. Grant us, give us, bestow us and do not uh, deprive us. Uh, and uh, give us preference and do not give others preference upon us and be satisfied with us and make us satisfied. And then the Prophet just said, the Prophet said, after making this dua, he said that the revelation that had just come down to me, meaning the wahi that had just been received, they were 10 verses, mm-hmm. and whoever fulfills these 10 verses, meaning whoever stands up and fulfills these 10 verses, they will enter paradise. And then after that he read the verses that I recited right at the beginning of today's session. قَدْ أَفْلَحَ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ الَّذِينَ هُمْ فِي So essentially these verses they speak about people being reverently fearful in their prayer, uh, avoiding um, futile activities and redundancies, giving the zakat, paying the zakat, uh, protecting their private parts, except of course where uh, it's allowed with their, uh, with their wives and so on. And uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then says, those who are uh, very trustworthy and who are considerate of their trust and so on and uh, again uh, protective over their salah. these are the people who will be the inheritors they will be given the paradise so this was the uh, subhanallah this was the uh, these were the verses that had just come down and this was the experience that the prophet sallallahu had which umar anhu, uh, also heard this sound from him so that was the second. That was the second experience that they knew. That was the second type of wahi that that they would they would receive. The third one is whenever, uh, uh, on some occasions, when the wahi would be revealed, the Prophet on many occasions actually, right, depending on the type of wahi, the Prophet ﷺ would become feel very heavy. He would feel very very heavy. So, for example, there's a a, a very uh, interesting hadith that that. Shows how this happened. Zayd ibn Thabit anhu says that one day the Prophet was dictating a verse to him, dictating something to him, making him write because Zayd ibn Thabit anhu was one of the writers, and the verse was which had already been, which had just been revealed, which had already been revealed. This was the verse. It's uh, it was, So far, this much had been revealed. You may not recognize all of it, or it like this لَا يَسْتَوِي الْقَاعِدُونَ مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ وَالْمُجَاهِدُونَ فِي سَبِيلِ So the verse was, those who um, are sitting and not taking part in a battle and those who are actually waging war in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they cannot be the same. So this was talking about the believers, that there's some who go out and there's some who do not, right? for whatever reason. They cannot be the same. Now, as he was dictating that, the blind sahabi, the very well-known blind sahabi, whose name was Abdullah ibn Ummi Maktoum, he suddenly came in and he said, Ya Rasool Allah, if I was able to go into battle as well, I would do so as well. He was obviously blind, so he wasn't able to do so. But he was feeling really bad that I can't be the same as the other, other people. So, Zayd ibn Thabit Allah-wan anhu, is sitting next to the Prophet the Prophet ﷺ is sitting cross-legged, now the corner of his knee was actually on the thigh of Zayd ibn Thabit anhu, while he was dictating this and they were sitting quite close together. Now as soon as Abdullah ibn Ummi an came in and said that, there was a revelation. And the revelation was actually just three words, that's all, that was the only addition, that was the only uh, part of the verse that came down at that particular point. right? So, um, Zaid anhu says that it felt so heavy. The corner of the knee of the Prophet sallallahu on my thigh felt so heavy. It was as if you know he would. Um, uh, it was as if my 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 thigh would be crushed because of it. It was like the person became so heavy just for three words, a download of just three words, right? غيرُ That's why the verse is now the way we read it. Right is لَا الْقَاعِدُونَ مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ غَيْرُ وَالْمُجَاهِدُونَ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ So now that tells you something that uh, verses would not even necessarily, I mean m- most verses did come down in, the, in exactly the same way that they are right now, but others, there were some parts of the verses would come down and then even as this particular one shows that just three words within the verse was added later what right, came down later. It was part of the original Quran but it was just added later under this circumstance and we'll be discussing this a bit later. Number four, the next hadith that we have tells us that when the Prophet ﷺ, if he was ever on an animal, he was on a, an animal riding, whether it be a horse or a camel or whatever the case is, it would have to sit down. It could not bear the weight of the Prophet ﷺ. Uh, the previous hadith I read about uh, Zayd ibn Thabit, I forgot to mention that it's from Bukhari. And likewise, it's mentioned by Imam Ahmad, Imam Abu Dawud, and many others as well. This particular one, uh, this new hadith is from Imam Ahmad from Aisha radiallahu anha. She says that whenever, the pro- if the Prophet was re- receiving a wahi and revelation, and he was on something, it would have to lower its neck. It would either have to lower its neck, or it would have to sit down. In this case, he said it would have to lower its neck. That's why there's another hadith from Uh, Ibn Jarir, he is related from Urwa Ibn Zubayr that the Prophet, when receiving a revelation, and if he was on a camel, the camel would have to actually stoop down and he would not be able to move. The camel would not be able to move until this state left the Prophet until essentially the wahi had ended. Subhanallah, these are the troubles that the Prophet, these are the difficulties the Prophet bore for us that's why the prophet sallallahu there's actually one very interesting hadith i want to mention uh, with regards to revelation um, the revelation um, the prophet sallallahu was born on monday and that is the day that he also received the revelation so the prophet sallallahu would actually encourage that people fast on monday right the prophet sallam would encourage to fast on monday so that's why we have this recommendation of fasting on monday and thursday and according to this hadith which is uh, related um, by Imam Muslim from Abu Qatada al-Ansari radiallahu anhu. the Prophet وسلم, was asked regarding fasting on Mondays and he said wa that is the day that I was born and that is the day when I received a revelation so due to the blessing of this happening on Monday that's another great day uh, to fast as we know anyway Right, now that gives us an understanding of the revelation and Wahi somewhat, you know. Um, There are contentions, there's throughout history, there's been contentions. Now, what's really interesting is that some of the early criticisms about Wahi, I mean, somebody receiving revelation from God is not something that everybody receives, right? It's only for prophets. So that's why when somebody claims that, the detractors are going to have a problem with that and they're going to think that how is that possible? Like, how can they receive a revelation? Right? How can they receive a revelation from God? So now where did, the, where, where, did the, where did the Qur'an come from then? So that's why there's been different arguments. I mean the people of Makkah Muqarrama, uh, the people of Makkah at that time, the Quraysh, they either called him a soothsayer, they called him a magician, they called him a possessed, they called him a poet. Right? So these were their explanations of how he could come up with such beautiful speech right? which did not resemble human speech at all. That was just their way of trying to make sense of it because they, they could not believe that God could be speaking to him directly. Later on though, especially recent times, I remember somebody asking me this question that there's this new theory somebody's come up with is that the Prophet ﷺ had some kind of degenerative neurological disease. They've seen that some people who have these degenerative uh, neurological diseases, they sometimes say these things, right? So some people, I mean, these are people trying to find different ways of trying to explain away the whole divine aspect of the Quran, right? And to take God out of the picture. So they're trying to say that it's somebody like that. Now, I don't want to go into that in too much depth. But why this can never be true, I mean, we know it can't be true, I know it's absurd for us to even you know, uh, be talking about this. But the reason it can't be true is that the Prophet ﷺ didn't have any of these problems. He never displayed any of these kind of problems. They're trying to take from some hadith or whatever the case is when the Prophet ﷺ would be maybe go into you know uh, this state of receiving a re- revelation or something like that. When he would become quiet for a while, you know when he would be asked the question, sometimes it would be quiet and then the revelation would come and then after that he would give an answer. They've put two and two together, well not two and two, two and five and three and one and two together and they made up this idea. But that's impossible. The Prophet ﷺ was absolutely in control of his senses. Right? He was the bravest of the people in the battlefield. He was the gen- most generous person when it came to you know, giving. Um, th- he, he, he thought of things in the most sensible ways. He never displayed any of these kind of things. I mean, if you read the Shama'id, you read the Seerah of the Prophet wasallam, you'll see that there was absolutely no problem in his intellect, in his understanding, in his behavior, or anything of that nature. Yes, he was somebody who got special revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There's also another theory out there, I just want to point them out because just so that you know that people do say these things so you're not surprised when people say that and you can just easily dismiss it, right? Another one is that um, they said that these were just subconscious ideas, right? And thoughts that the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, perceived to be realities, right? So this is some kind of Al-Wahyu-Nafsi, they call that in Arabic, or just some kind of subconscious ideas and thoughts that would well up in your mind and then you think they're realities. You know, the problem with that is that there's no way, if that was the case, that the Prophet would have been able to produce such a miracle of the Qur'an. Because obviously uh, the Qur'an was not revealed all in one go, which we'll be discussing soon. It was revealed over 23 years. It's been gathered together. And the circumstance under which it was, uh, you know, there are various different circumstances and states and occasions in which the Qur'an was revealed. Now, if that was just the person who was coming up with different ideas at different times, and then when you put that Qur'an together, there would actually be disparity between it. Right, there would be a complete contradiction. it, it sounds kind of random and everything. But when you see the Quran today, with Suratul Fatiha first, Suratul Baqarah afterwards, even though they were not the first of the Surahs to be revealed, right, it's completely harmonious. Right, there's an absolute harmony and beauty and consistency in the way it reads and everything like that. So how is it possible that over 23 years when something has been gathered like that on different occasions, different words spoken, they're put together in such a beautiful way. It had to come from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who knew exactly what it was and this will be explained further. So the whole miracle nature of the Qur'an in the way of its consistency and its beauty and its cohesiveness one uh, is one of the biggest proofs that this was not some random ramblings of the Prophet these were just some few ideas that came around. There was somebody guiding him, there was somebody inspiring him, there was somebody feeding him, there was basically somebody who was behind him which is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Plus the whole story that they would, uh, they would see on occasions these strangers, these human, these human forms which were originally angels. People observe these things. So why the need for that if it was somebody random like that? If it, if it was some random thoughts like that? Likewise, um, the Prophet is saying, I'm fearful of myself after this experience like we discussed yesterday. All of these kind of things show, uh, sh- show that. Another last point before we move on to uh, how... The revelation came down. The other thing is that when these, you see, you would expect that somebody who goes into these trances would do a certain kind of uh, ritual or something and then move into a trance. And then, you know, that's what you generally see with people doing. But the Prophet was actually completely normal. Right, And the revelation, the wahi, would actually come down in different states. So I'm going to f- mention a few of them. You see, nobody documented when every single wahi was revealed. Like when every single verse came down, Not, not nobody documented all of them. So you can't say, okay, this verse of Suratul Qalam, when was it revealed? On what state? Where was the Prophet? Nobody documented that, right? However, there are a few that have been documented. And let's look at some of them just so that you understand how this whole revelation uh, came down to the Prophet. ﷺ. So the Prophet ﷺ would be in his house, for example. He may be taking a rest, he may be just relaxing in his house. And suddenly, you know, um, there is, uh, he can see the angel and there's a surah that has been revealed. And this is exactly what has been mentioned in, the Sahih, uh, in Sahih Muslim regarding the revelation of Surah Al Kawthar. The Prophet ﷺ was in his home and that's what happened. On another occasion, it was the middle of the night, and the revelation came. Right, and these were the three verses of wa ala al-thalatha hatta idha daqat rahubat. This is, uh, this, is uh, right? uh, Surah, uh, this is Surah al-Bara'a. Right, Surah. This is Surah al tawbah Surat al-Bara'a. These three verses they came down in the middle of the night, and it was I think after Fajr when the Prophet sallallahu declared them that those three people, Kaab ibn Malik. Uh, Hilal ibn uh, Rabi and uh, I forget the name of the third one. They had now been forgiven because they're the ones who'd stayed behind from the, bat- uh, from the expedition of Tabuk. Now they had been, um, uh, ha- had been forgiven. So this was in the middle of the night. We know about that as well. Then for example, we've got Wallahu minan nas. Allah will protect you from the people. W- when did this happen? The Prophet was in a tent right, uh, and he had guards outside. Right, this was kind of a, a bit of a dangerous situation. The Prophet was in the tent, they had guards outside, and the Prophet um, had these guards because there was an impending danger. But then he received this revelation while in his tent. He then put his head outside the tent, he says, Ya Ayuhannas nas insarifu, faqad Asamani ta'ala. Oh people, you can now go away. You can leave because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has is going to protect me right so you no longer have to st- stand guard here anymore i'm going to be divinely protected by allah subhanahu wa taala that's because wallahu nas was revealed in the quran so that's why uh there's uh, the the verses that we do know where where they were revealed they've actually categorized them with different names. For example, there's some which are considered to be the Safari verses and some the Hadari verses, which basically means these are the ones that were revealed when the Prophet ﷺ was on a journey, was traveling outside Medina Munawwara. These were, no, these other ones, they were revealed in Medina Munawwara. There were were some verses which are categorized as the night verses because they were revealed at night. The others which were revealed in the daytime. Yeah, so there's uh, lots of different types uh, of categories like that, but we only know some of them. There's always going to be um, contentions about the Quran, people trying to explain it away. The narrative that we have, the understanding that we have, they're going to try to explain it away. And this is not something new. It's been happening for 1400 years, except that it's just moved away from calling him a, a poet or a soothsayer. Right, and a magician to now uh, the, the, these uh, slightly more elaborate ideas but none of them stick because Alhamdulillah the documentation is all there to explain the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and that was part of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala's plan you know, to protect the Quran that everything of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was preserved in the sense of his whole life story was preserved uh, at least most of it. Alhamdulillah, now what we're going to move on to is the next point which is that why did the Quran not come down all in one go like for example when Musa alayhi received his revelation when Isa alayhi received his revelation and so on and the Psalms of Dawood alayhi salam and the scriptures of Ibrahim alayhi salam and so on when they would all be given to them all in one go in one form, in one book why was the Quran uh, not given like that? So um, again, this is something that uh, we can only learn from the Quran and the Sunnah. So let us look at the verses that are relevant to this verse, right? So we've got, I think, about four verses that tell us something about this directly, right? "أعوذ بالله First verse. Number two. إِنَّا أَنزَلْنَاهُ فِي لَيْلَةٍ مُبَارَكَةٍ So the first one says, it is the month of Ramadan in which the Qur'an was revealed, which is the guidance for people and so on. Second verse tells us, we reveal this in a blessed night. And we were the warners, we we reveal this in a blessed night. doesn't mention the night, what particular night it was, but it was a blessed night. The uh, the third verse in it gets more specific. You know this one in Laylatil Laylatul Laylatul So there's more detail in here that we reveal this in the night of Qadr, right? In the night of Qadr, and you, uh, do you know what this night of Qadr is? It's a night which is superior to. A thousand months. So so far we've got two two uh, we, we generally understand that Laylatul Qadr is in Ramadan, and Allah actually says that Ramadan is the month in which the Quran is revealed. So then that blessed night in the second verse must be Laylatul Qadr. Then after that, we've got another verse which tells us that it's somewhere. Allah says, Balhua Qur'an Majidu mahfuz." this is the glorious quran it is in the protected tablet it's in the preserved tablet so that one tells us a place the others told us a time so that's the three verses that we have in terms of when and uh, where the quran has been revealed right we know that much so far now what are we going to understand from this we have to understand from this that these three verses seem to indicate that the quran was revealed This time, however, we know that if it was revealed in Ramadan, but there's so many verses, there were some verses that were clearly revealed in Ramadan but there were so many others that were not revealed in Ramadan probably the bulk of the verses were revealed outside the month of Ramadan, so how do these verses then make sense when it's saying that we reveal the Quran in the month of Ramadan, if the Quran is in the month of Ramadan but we also know that verses were revealed outside the month of Ramadan how is that true, how is that possible so this is a question that people have been asking, and there's completely, absolutely perfect, uh, uh, what do you call it, um, explanations for this. In fact, this is not a new question. Somebody asked this to, uh, somebody asked this question to Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu. This was Atiyah ibn al-Aswad. Atiyah ibn al-Aswad. He said to Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu that, look, I've got a bit of a question, a doubt in my heart. Regarding this verse, شَهْرُ رَمَضَانَ الَّذِي أُنزِلَ فِيهِ الْقُرْآنَ And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِنَّ أَنزَلْنَاهُ فِي لَيْلَةِ الْقَدْرِ However, the Qur'an has been revealed in Shawwal, in Dhil-Qa'da, in dhil in Muharram, and in the month of the Rabi. So why is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then saying that it was revealed in Ramadan if it was also revealed in all of these other months? So Ibn Abbas anhu said to him, that yes, it was revealed in Ramadan during Laylatul Qadr, which comes in Ramadan, right? And that's also the blessed night, which the three verses that's taken care of. That was when the Quran was revealed all in one go. The entire Quran was revealed in that night, right? All together in one go. That was revealed. Now, after that, he says that so it was revealed all in one go in that night. He doesn't say where. But then he says, then it was after that revealed in installments, bit by bit, piecemeal, small portions by portions, whether a full surah, half a surah, part of a surah, part of a verse, as you saw earlier with that example of Zayd ibn Anhu, and that came down you know, um, over the case of 23 years, as we know. Uh, ibn Abi, he does not say 23 years, he says it was just uh, came down bit by bit. And this is a hadith from him related by Ibn Abi Hatim and Ibn Mar, the way have related this. From this, we get an understanding that the Qur'an did come down all in one go in that night of Laylatul Qadr, but then it came down over 23 years from wherever it had come down in one night. There's many, many other narrations and transmissions from Abdullah ibn Abbas that say the same thing, that it all came down in one night, and that's what that verse means. So now... We understand from this, we can all we can understand, and from some other hadith, that there were actually three movements, you can say. Remember, the Qur'an is the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? The Qur'an is the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Um, for that Qur'an to then, um, the, Quran, the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are without words or letters or sounds. We cannot understand the divine words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because Allah doesn't need sound and words to understand, uh, to to speak things and to communicate things. However, for us to be able to understand speech, it is made into this special Arabic form. So the first instance of that, there's a first instance of that, then there's a second movement and then there's a third movement and let us understand that. So the first of them is where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had the Quran preserved his speech Preserved in the divine tablet. The divine tablet is something that was created first by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala along with the divine pen before he created human beings and so on. And he told the pen to write. The pen said, What should I write? And the pen said, the, uh, uh, Allah said, Write everything that is going to occur until the day of judgment. So Allah gave all the knowledge to the pen to write in this divine tablet, and that is, you can say, the master copy of the history of the world, you can say, right? Uh, of course, the knowledge of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala is superior to that, but that is the master copy, and in that is also the Quran. So that was the first instance, as the verse mentioned that it's fi It's in majidun. Fi It's in that preserved tablet. Now that it's there, it's it's the record, and so on. That's why Imam Abu Hayyan, in his Tafsir, says the lawh al is the record of everything. Right, it is the place of the secrets of everything. Not even the angels have access to that. They only have access to bits of that as to what's happening tomorrow, so that they know uh, whether to, you know, cause the rain to, flo- uh, to to fall in certain places or certain crops to crops to grow or uh, certain other events to take place. But the entire lohul mahfud nobody is privy to it except Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. That's the first part where it was put into a lohul mahfud which is by Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. It is uh, it, it is up there in the heavens. Right, uh, uh, it is up there in the heavens. Now, as uh, the time is coming for the Prophet Sallallahu uh, his prophecy and his prophethood, so the second movement takes place now, which is that Allah in that one night of Laylatul Qadr in Ramadan had the entire Quran taken from Lohul Mahfuz or uh, transported from Lohul Mahfuz down to the first heaven. And there's a place they call Baytul Izza, the house of might the house of might or honour. So that is the place where the Quran was first revealed all together in one go. Right? That is what the Quran means when it says it was revealed in Ramadan. That special night was chosen for that. The third one is what you know. Over 23 years the Prophet ﷺ received the revelation over 23 years from that collection, from the entire total collection that had already come down to the Baytul Izza, right? The Baytul Izza, right? the house of honor and might. From there, 23 years, it came down bit by bit, right? There's wisdom in why that happened exactly, but now you understand how all of these verses make sense. First, it's in Lawal Mahfud, in the divine tablet. Then after that, it comes down to the first heaven. And then from there, it's sent bit by bit, right? To this from the seventh heaven, it comes to the first heaven. And from there, it comes into the world over 23 years, bit by bit. Now. This is the majority view, it seems, but there are a number of scholars who say that, no, what this actually means about Ramadan, that we reveal this in the night of Qadr, in the special night in Ramadan, it doesn't mean that the entire Qur'an was revealed in that night. It just says that's when it began, that that is when it first began. And they use this kind of expression in Arabic to say we revealed it in this time, i.e. we began to reveal it in this time. That is a view that is a view among the muslim scholars so then how do they how does that explain uh, how does that take into consideration abdullah ibn abbas anh, earlier uh, narration which shows that it was actually revealed all in one go right the entire quran you know to this bait izzah as such so they say oh that was just abdullah ibn abbas's assumption that that is exactly what happened it's not necessary he's not relating this and the reason for it is that there's no other There's no like clear, explicit hadith about this subject. So there is a some scholars who agree with this, but otherwise the majority believe that what it means in the Quran is that it was revealed all in one go to the Baytul Izza and then from there to the earth in over 23 years, in around 23 years. Now the question that arises is that what's the point of uh, the 23 years if it came down all the way to Baytul Izza in one night? Then why don't you just give the Quran altogether? in one go like the other books for example what's the purpose of it why did it come over so many so much time so there's various reasons for that and uh, let us uh, try to understand that firstly I would probably say that you know remember Zayd ibn Thabit radiallahu anhu's hadith Ghairu ulid darar just those three words that just download of that much just that much received in revelation was enough to make him feel as if his his uh, um, thigh was going to be crushed now imagine the burden on the Prophet sallallahu That's just one of the reasons though. That's not the main reason. That's not the only reason. It's not the main reason That's just one of the reasons. this was uh, th- this was a very special kalam that had to come down Firstly, it's to actually show um, reverence to the Quran That it's not something that you just give it in one go it came down very relevant and showed its rev- relevance in being sent in different times and it's to show this special delivery that it goes from Lahu Lawhil Mahfud, al Mahfud, to the first heaven, right? Like that's a special delivery, it's waiting now, and then over twenty-three years it then comes from that. Allah. The second wisdom is that it actually then shows the wisdom of the secret of the inimitability of the Quran. I know we've not discussed this properly yet, but you know the way the whole Quran in its current form, even though it came over twenty-three years in bit by bit. That when it's put together, it's so harmonious and so organized and so beautiful and so eloquent, that that is to prove it's eloquent like that. If it had all come down in one go, then say, okay, somebody constructed this all together and composed it all in one go. No, this is to show that even though it came down, uh, you know, in terms of what people were observing, it came down over twenty-three years, right, bit by bit, surah by surah. And then they say, when you put it together, it still sounds so wonderful and so beautiful. It's not random, right? It doesn't so, uh, sound disparate. So that was another benefit of it. And what this is, is that uh, the reason some ulama give, and Allah knows best what this is, is that they say that if, uh, since the Quran was revealed up to the Baytul Izza, and Jibreel was responsible to bring the Quran to the Prophet S. S. bit by bit, had he, ha- had he had to do this from Allah al-Mahfuz, where he does not know, uh, he cannot read the whole thing in there, um, he may have not known where to place each portion, because remember each portion came down separately in different times and places. Since Jibreel now has access to the entire Quran in the Baytul Izza, and then it's revealed from there bit by bit over 23 years, he can then tell the prophet ﷺ, put this here and put this there because he's seen where it originally is supposed to be allah knows best this is just what some ulama have mentioned as a possible wisdom of this and allah knows best now one thing is that the quran itself talks about uh, the, the entire quran coming to the prophet's heart over you know whatever number of time and that it is from allah ﷻ. allah says that in the quran Allah says, "وَإِنَّكَ لَتُلَقِّيَ الْقُرْآنَ مِنْ لَدُنْ حَكِيمٍ عَلِيمٍ." You are receiving this Quran from the wise and the knowledgeable one. Then Allah says, "كِتَابٌ أُحْكِمَتْ آيَاتُهُ ثُمَّ فُصِّلَتْ مِنْ لَدُنْ حَكِيمٍ خَبِيرٍ." These are verses. Uh, sorry, this is a book whose verses uh, are made firm, and then they've been, "ثُمَّ uh, فُصِّلَتْ," they've been then um, uh, detailed. Uh, And they're coming from a wise and a knowledgeable one, the one who's completely aware of everything. So this shows that it's coming from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Qur'an says that itself, so nobody can say that the Qur'an doesn't say that. Now, sometimes five verses would be revealed, sometimes ten verses would be revealed, sometimes more or less one word, uh, one verse, sometimes just a few words, a portion of a verse, right? Right? Um, for example, "Qad aflah al These were sh- ten short verses that were revealed. I told you the hadith about them. Um, you also had, for example, ten long verses come down at one time. This is in Surah an nur um, where you have uh, the story of the slander against Aisha radiAllahu anha, right? The slander against Aisha, the hadith, uh, the ifk, right? Uh, if um, um th- this is the 10 verses there which came to exonerate Aisha they were 10 long verses they came down all at once so you had sometimes ten short verses come down sometimes 10 long verses come down in surah an-nur for example and then look at this one right the verse in the quran ya ayyuhalladhina <laughs> amanu innamal mushrikuna najasun fala yaqrabul masjidal haram ba'da amihim هَذَا O oh, people who believe the mushrikeen are, uh, are unclean they should not come close to the masjid al haram uh, the sanctified masjid after this year right that much is uh, was revealed already the next part wa in khiftum fa that came down later that did not come down together it came down later uh, on a particular occasion so the, the Qur'an continued to be revealed over the course of 23 years right from the time that it had started when the Prophet ﷺ was 40 years old that's when it started when the Prophet ﷺ was 40 years old until he met with his highest, highest friend which is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says Allahumma bil-rafiqil-a'la that is the time until when the Qur'an that was 23 years that took so a few things Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself um, talks about this in the Quran. Um, there were many, many reasons for why the Quran is revealed over uh, over the course of twenty three years. Right? Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says in Surah al Furqan, "وَقَالَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا لَوْلَا نُزِلَ عَلَيْهِ الْقُرْآنُ جُمْلَةً وَاحِدَةً كَذَلِكَ لِنُثَبِّتَ بِهِ فُؤَادَكَ وَرَتَّلْنَاهُ تَرْتِيلَ وَلَا يَأْتُونَكَ بِمَثَلٍ إِلَّا جِئْنَاكَ وَأَحْسَنَ So this was, as I said, there was a question even at that time. The detractors said, Why did not, why, why does this Quran come down bit by bit? Why didn't it all come down together? So, the, the, uh, the verse says, Surah Al Furqan, uh, verse 20, uh, 32 33, the, the, those who disbelieve, they say, Why is the, has the Quran not been uh, revealed all at once? So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala responds, This is the way that we strengthen your heart. Meaning to the Prophet and we have brought it, and um, so this is for the case, for the for the reason of strengthening your heart. How is it strengthening the heart of the Prophet Now the idea is that if the Quran had all come down at once, there would have been this excitement, but then after that, you know, the fact that it came down over 23 years, whenever the Prophet Wasallam would feel a bit down, when he would when he would be a bit. Um, Uh, what do you call it, hopeless about them, when he would feel bad about the situation, when he would need something, when he would need some kind of comforting, when he would need some kind of strengthening, a different verse came down. Had it all come down in one go, it wouldn't have had the same effect. So there was a really good reason for it coming down. It strengthened the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, as Allah says in the Quran. Then there's another verse where Allah says, فَرَقْنَاهُ لِتَقْرَأَهُ عَلَى النَّاسِ عَلَى مُكْثٍ وَنَزَّلْنَاهُ تَنزيلًا This is a Qur'an that we have revealed to you so that you can impart it, read it uh, to the people عَلَى in stages, slowly, slowly, right? And we have revealed this bit by bit. The concept of Tanzil in Arabic is to reveal something bit by bit whereas for the other verses for the other scriptures Allah uses Inzal as opposed to Tanzil. Tanzil means to take your time in doing something, to take your time in revealing, to do it bit by bit whereas in Inzal it means to give it all in one go. So where it talks about the other books it generally refers to Anzalna, Inzal, right? We revealed it all in one go. When it talks about the Quran it's Nazzalna. We did it slowly bit by bit. And the point of it is so that when there were different needs, you could actually um, produce the Qur'an for those different needs. So people uh, would be able to benefit like that. Some of the other reasons, and the first reason, as I said, was abihi for adak, So that we can strengthen your heart and your resolve uh, and, and your eagerness by this. Right? The Prophet ﷺ was sent among some very harsh people. right? And their harshness and their enmity was, uh, was, was severe. So that's why... Uh, as Allah says, Watu Ludda. Right? That you are warning such people uh, with this. Now, if the Quran was all revealed in one go, they they would not have had the same way, they would not have had the same reaction to it and slowly, slowly where it overcame them. Right? So what's going on is the Prophet needed comforting and needed resolve and strength from Allah. And also those people bit by bit the quran would be revealed to reveal different things about them to give them give them different bits of advice to respond to their arguments to respond to their criticisms to respond to their uh, their questions and so on and so forth so it came down slowly so it was just the best way to do it for example just take the example of surah hud right in sur- uh, the story of hud salam. Now if you're just to go through, if you, if you just take Surah Hud, the next time you're reading Surah Hud, and just go through and look at all of the different advices, all the different uh, events, the different accounts in there of how the prophets had to undergo difficulties and so on, and the believers and so on, how they had to be uh, so strong and persistent and patient and so on. There's just so much that the believers will learn with that coming down bit by bit, for example. Then it goes to show you how it was so Uh, uh, So beneficial for it to come down over 23 years as opposed to all in one go then we have uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says Which is the verse I already uh, read before right and then, Allah, no, actually, this is a different. What could Lenna Kusso Alekamin Amber, Rusuliman, Uthabito Behe for Adak, Waja Akafi Hadi Hil Haku, a Maurita Tu, a the Crawlil Muminin, Wakul Ladina a la Yupminun, a Melu, a la Makaneticum in Aminun, well Tadiru, and it continues. We have revealed to you, or we have yeah given you accounts we have revealed to you the various different stories of the different uh, messengers by which we strengthen your heart and in all of this has come in all of this has come the truth right in this this is all truth that has come there's also nasiha and advice in this and this is also a source of re- remembrance for the believers this allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is mentioning here why the Quran is being revealed bit by bit. The content of it is to help the people as they continue. Then um, we don't have, uh, we, we will have to stop here. I'll just mention one more point, which is that this was to respond to the emerging questions that uh, that, that, that uh, came about from the people. For example, Allah says, Anytime that they confront you with something, we come to you with the truth, we produce for you the truth and something which is much better in interpretation, right? So a lot of their contention, a lot of their criticism and objections, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would uh, would, uh, would provide this. It was as if Jibril alayhi is there in Baytul Izza constantly watching. Anytime there's a new argument, a new contradiction, a new uh, uh, objection, he takes the verse that's relevant to it and he brings it down. right? Just imagine it's something like that. That's what's going on over 23 years. Jibreel was very busy in that sense, right? Uh, uh, Constantly taking the verse and and bringing it down. So for example, there's Ubay ibn Khalaf, right? He's one of the leaders of the Mushrikeen. He came to the Prophet once. Right, this is just a random, uh, just think of this like a a random uh, situation where this Ubay ibn Khalaf comes, He takes some really worn out bones that have just been there, dried out in the sun, they're very worn out. He takes the bones and he starts to grind them together and they start turning to dust, right? There's nothing in them, they start turning to dust. And he said, Ya Muhammad, do you believe that Allah is going to resurrect this? Meaning this, you know, these bones, the way we're going to become decomposed, you think Allah is going to resurrect us after they become like dust like this? The Prophet said, yes, yes. Allah will cause you to die first, then He will resurrect you, then He will gather you to the hellfire. And that's when the verses of Surah Yasin came down, and subhanAllah, just perfect. <laughs> قَالَ مَنْ يُحْيِيَ الْعِظَامَ وَهِيَ رَمِيمٌ قُلْ الَّذِي أَنْشَأَهَا أَوَّلَ مَرَّةٍ وَهُوَ بِكُلِّ خَلْقٍ عَلِيمٌ أَلَّذِي جَعَلَ لَكُمْ مِّنَ الشَّجَرِ الْأَخْضَرِ نَارًا فَإِذَا منه تُوْقِدُونَ These verse exactly saying that hasn't the human seen how he created them from a clot? from a uh, bit of fluid and then suddenly he starts to argue and suddenly becomes this obstinate arguer, this clear arguer and Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala provides these examples and uh, um, they, they ask that who's going to resurrect after, I'm just doing a, a, a kind of a rough translation, who's going to resurrect after these bones have become completely decomposed like that? So then say to them that it's the one who created you in the first instance, who created you first time round? He created you from nothing the first time around. Why can't He created you, create you now, recreate you from something that's actually left, right? And whereas He's the most knowledgeable and aware about His creation and, um, and, and it carries on. That's a beautiful verse there. But anyway, we will leave that there. There's a few other points we will do and then inshallah we will move then on to which is the first and last verses and so on. Jazakallah khair. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you and bless our Ramadan and may Allah enlighten us about the Quran, illuminate us with the Quran and... Enliven us with the Quran. JazakAllah khair. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. JazakAllah khair for listening. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala b- uh, bless you. And if you're finding this useful, you know, um, uh, as they say, do that like button and subscribe button and forward it on to others. JazakAllah khair. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.